Good afternoon. Welcome to The Marriage Project here on Faith FM with Chapo and Bethany, where we talk about bli- biblical wisdom for marriage and how that translates into real life. How are you this afternoon? I'm good. I was thinking about blib and how it was like a bit of a blip, like like a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, you know when you swear sometimes like on a TV show, beep, like... <laughs> I don't swear on the like- TV. Do you? Well, you're not on TV, so that's two things that you don't do, so good for you. (laughs) So today on The Marriage Project, we've decided that we're going to talk about priorities. Yeah, and not just a list of priorities, not just like, these are the things you should prioritize, but even just the concept of having priorities, because that is something that I am finding harder and harder to do in my life, Mm. to actually carve out the time and intentionally live in any way, focusing on any particular thing, because let's be crazy, life. Let's. Well, what am I saying? Let's be real. Life is crazy. <laughs> let's be crazy. Let's be life crazy. is real. <laughs> um. Yeah. I was just thinking how funny this radio show would be if you just literally had a list and read it out. This should be your priorities. Number one. Number two. <laughs> We're like, okay, we gave up listening to that radio show. <laughs> So today we don't have a list of your priorities because it's up to you to figure that out. But we've got a little bit of wisdom, a little bit of Bible, a little bit of life experience so that we can talk about priorities and how that works. Yeah. And I guess the reason why we've come to this topic today is because we had like a a brief existential crisis this morning together as a couple as we were driving around (laughs) and this really hit home to us. Yeah, sometimes you have an existential crisis after you're late dropping the kids off at school and you slam down some breakfast and you're just like, what even is this? Yep. <laughs> and that's what happened to us. That's what today. happened to us. So we were, we were having a bit of a cruise. Now, if you know the Kurenbong area, not many people will. Uh, because mm. it's, it's a specific location. It's a specific location, <laughs> but there's a, a big estate, a new estate called Wadigan Park, and we were just cruising around on our way to come in and get some work done, and we're looking around at some of the nice new houses, and I was kind of lamenting the house that we live in. Yes, because the house that we live in is essentially a list of projects that need doing. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> now, I don't want to sound ungrateful. I'm not coveting other people's homes, and I'm not unsatisfied with what God has blessed us with. I want to make that clear. But it is really tough at the moment, like between trying to work as a pastor, trying to parent three young girls, particularly while we're doing homeschool and all of this kind of stuff, trying to navigate the whole um, what's happening with the church at the moment because of lockdowns and all this kind of stuff, as well as having a home that is old and that is aging and where the roof leaks and our office is everything is moldy because there's rising damp coming through the floor and so much stuff is broken and lit like the bunch of bodgy home job renos that people have done who have owned it before us is just atrocious. It's just such a long list of to-dos. Yes. That and never get done. I think, I think there's part of that lament is that like, I know parts of pe- parts of Victoria, parts of New South Wales right now have been in lockdown. And so people are becoming more accustomed with the four walls of their house that, you know, when you're coming and going, you don't look at your house as much. But when you're there all the time and you can't go see your friends and you can't do fun things, you get to look at your house and you get to notice those things as well. Yeah, maybe. Uh, and maybe we're geared a bit different too, though, because it's something that carries heavy in my heart a lot of the time is just all of the things that I haven't done yet that need to be done. I think it's a f- always thing for me. The burden of responsibility. The burden of responsibility that more, of house maintenance. I have that more inside the house than outside of the house because yeah. the dishes and the laundry are never done. 
Even yeah. if I think- You know, I see the yes. flowers that are growing out of our guttering because they're so packed full of <laughs> decomposed leaves that's turned into dirt and now is an ecosystem for living plants and stuff like that. Yeah, but that- it's a nice touch, isn't it? <laughs> Sure. But anyway, so we were driving through this area and I was looking at these lovely new homes. And Everything thinking, is new. Oh, wouldn't it just be so much easier if we didn't have to deal with all of this other stuff? Now, we bought the best house that we could afford. Yes. We, we did. We saved up our tax returns for years and years and years and years because we didn't have anyone to help us with the deposit or anything like that. And we just did our best and got the best place we could afford. And we've made it a home and, and it's quite charming in, in some ways. But we often think, gee, imagine having a new home where there wasn't just a constant, overwhelming list of things that had to get fixed and done. And I got a bit sad mm. and I felt a bit overwhelmed. And I started thinking, how on earth am I supposed to fit all this stuff into life? How am I supposed to be an effective minister and make an impact on people's lives? How am I supposed to keep this decomposing house in a livable state? How am I supposed to invest enough time into my kids so that they feel like they've had a, you know, a good connection with their dad? How am I supposed to do all of this stuff? Mm, yeah, exactly. Because life is just so full and it might just be also the stage of life that we're in as well. Like we're in the stage of life where having three kids and both being ministers and both working means that life is full and going all the time as well. Yeah. Yeah. So, I started thinking about how life is sometimes a bit backwards and a bit upside down because right now we have, I guess, not a lot of time and not a lot of money um, and probably not a lot of energy either. <laughs> not a lot of nothing. But oh, thinking, are you thinking of that quote? Not exactly. We'll get to that oh. quote in a minute. But what, yeah. I, what I'm thinking more is like how like the hope is that later in life when we've got a bit more, we've worked a bit longer, we've got a bit more money behind us, we can afford the house that is nice and new. But imagine if we could have it now when we're trying to do all this other stuff with our children. Yeah, I know. That'd be nice. If you could do now instead of doing later instead of going and I think sometimes we can get caught in that cycle too of waiting for the better thing or the tomorrow thing or until we get through this xyz then we'll do the thing that we want to do instead of realizing hey now is and might be all that we have so let's figure out how to make now better and that's the idea what was the quote you were referring to okay so I've got a quote and I've seen it like shared on Facebook and I've even heard people like just sort of throw it out there and it says when you're young you have time and energy but no money when you get older you have money and energy but no time and later when you finally have time and money you no longer have energy and it's just really sums up that package of what life can often be about that often we end up in like these places where we've got limited resources or we can't do all of the things that we want to do all of the time as well. Yeah. And I guess it got us thinking about like a friend of ours who passed away recently and who never got to experience the the next part of life where you've worked so hard for your whole life and then you can, you get to reap the re- rewards. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and it got us thinking about the fact that uh, you, we're not guaranteed tomorrow. Yeah. And we can't just work and work and work for the, a brighter future somewhere down the track where hopefully it's all worked itself out. But we've got to try to live the best that we can, even in the phase of life that we're in and not just wish it away looking forward to the next thing that's coming. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that that's the, the rat race of humanity is that we get caught up in that, like, need more, buy more, consume more, work more so that you can afford more. Um, 
I've heard, I've heard another quote saying that we spend so much of our lives working really hard to get money so that we can buy things to impress people that we don't even really like. Have you heard that one? No. <laughs> but it's so true. So often we're just trying to keep up with the Joneses. We're just trying to join in the rat race that everybody else is doing. So much so that we're like, well, maybe since I didn't get time with my kids, I'll get time with my grandkids. Maybe since I'm so tired right now, I'll get time when I retire. But the reality is, and I think a lot of people in our stage of life are starting to realize that if you keep putting off and putting off, your body actually just will put it off for you and slow down for you. Like that's a legitimate thing that happens with mental breakdowns and burnout. And when your body gets chronically ill, is that sometimes if we just keep putting off and putting off and putting off and trying to not listen to our bodies, not listening to the rhythms of life and just working and working and working, that's when our body says, you're not stopping, so I'm stopping you. Yeah. It slams the brakes on hard. Because by not prioritizing things, you, your life will just force priorities upon you anyway. Exactly. You know what I mean? Like, it'll happen. You, you still have to get up and do certain things. It's just maybe not the things that you really want to be doing. Look, I find it really challenging to think about because – you know, we can talk about life being backwards, but there's literally nothing we can do about it. There's nothing <laughs> that I can do to go 20 years into the future and get that bank balance and experience it now and have that house now. And you know what I mean? Like, there's nothing I can do about that. Yeah. I've got to live through this period in a house that's too small, that's falling apart with our family while trying to work, but still put things in place that I'm making the most out of this time. Exactly. And I think as that's- As unideal as it is. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's the whole point of having gratitude and having God living in our hearts is that we can live in a way that honors God, in a way that brings Him glory, in a way that gives us joy and peace, even when we might not have all of the things that we want. Because that's a really consumer way of looking at life as well. Because like you said with our friend is that things can get really taken away from us at any time as well. Is that nothing's really as guaranteed as we wish that it was. That's right. Well, it's time for us to take a break. So stick around. We'll be back here very soon on Faith FM. Marvelous grace of our loving Lord. Grace that exceeds our sin and our guilt. Yonder on Calvary's mount I pour There where the blood of the Lamb was spilled Grace, grace, God's grace Grace that will pardon and cleanse within Grace, grace, God's grace Grace that is greater than all our sin Marvelous, infinite, matchless grace Freely bestowed on all who believe You who are longing to see His face Will you this moment His grace receive?
Join the Faith FM family and connect with what's happening around the network. Visit faithfm.com.au slash newsletter or text the code word sign up to 0488-808-31. And let's connect today. Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo, and we're talking about the wisdom of the Bible and how it translates into real life. And today we're having a bit of a first world problem where we were thinking about the things that we do and we don't have and how hard we work in life and and the things that you achieve and, and the life can sometimes just be hanging in the balance and you just feel like you're so stressed and so busy all the time. So what do you do with that? That's right. It, look, and I think to be fair, yes, it is a first world problem, but we talk about like often when you say first world problem, it's as if it's not a real problem. Like dismissing? It's dismissing. Yeah. It's like, oh, that's a first world problem. As if like, you know, oh, try, get, go get a real problem. Like, yeah. um, which often that is the case, right? But I don't think it is with this. Yeah. I think the business, like the, the it's hard to use the word pandemic, <laughs> but like the, the pandemic of busyness, of exhaustion, of mental health failure, of um, emotional fatigue and all this kind of stuff is a, is a problem of the first world that is actually a big problem and a yeah. very serious problem. Yes. Yeah. So, it seems kind of shallow to talk about it, but at the same time, the rat race that we've got ourselves caught into, which is the pace of Western living- is exhausting for it's, human beings. And killing yeah. us. It's, yeah. it's killing people. It's a, it's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. So, would you like to look at some biblical wisdom about it? Oh, why not? That's okay. probably a good idea. <laughs> all right. So, first of all, I want to talk about what is your number one priority. And I want to say priority and not talk about what are your priorities because did you know that the word priority was singular when it first came into the English language. It was priority. It was never plural. It was never priorities. It was singular when it came into our language in the 1400s, and it stayed singular for the next 500 years. And then in the 1900s, when we started being more industrialized, we decided we wanted to do more, and that's when we decided, hey, let's have priorities instead of priority. Yeah, okay. Because the word literally means like the first thing, right? Yeah. The f- and so, how can you have more than one first thing? That's right. But now because of, yeah, because of the change of the pace of life. Um, oh, in one of the books I was reading, there were, um, the person who invented the clock, they, they cursed that person. Like, why <laughs> would you want to measure the time? Like, like <laughs> why are you so um, concerned with, accomplishing tasks that you want to measure the day out into into increments to get things done. Did, how mm. was that? Have you read that? No, no but okay. that's fascinating. Anyway, I'll have to find that book. It's been a while. <laughs> like as in like the people who the inventor first showed it to was like, why would you do this? Don't recall. Oh, okay. Well, then perhaps it's for a to find out later <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, scripture tells us in Matthew chapter 6, do you want to read it or do you want me to just talk about it? Have you got your Bible Start handy? Start talking about it while I okay. find it. Matthew chapter 6 talks about, I think, probably the best Bible part of the Bible about our priorities and what we do and what's our first thing in our lives. It talks about God's kingdom and how that needs to be the top of the list, and I really like it. Is it 633? Uh, could be. I think Jesus is talking about money and possessions from verse 19. Yeah, and I, I really like it because sometimes people think Jesus sounds like a real hippie because he's like, don't worry about what the flowers wear. Don't worry about what the birds are going to eat. Everything's going to be all right. But Jesus wasn't being a hippie. Jesus had this beautiful picture of life and where all of the good things come from and abundance and the fact that all of the good things, all of our needs 
are supplied by God. And anything that we're missing out on or anything that we don't have enough of, God is not limited mm. in bringing that across our path as well. Okay. Yeah. So, the, I think the verse that you're thinking of is, yes, 6.33, where it says, um, seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Yeah, that's right. So, seek God's kingdom first and everything else is going to be a part of your life. Like, after God, then all of the other things. Is that how you would interpret that verse? I believe so. Yeah, yeah. after God, then all the other things. Yeah. Yeah. I can't help but think of it in New King James that I learned it in when I first became a Seek Christian. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's funny how um, some of those things are memorized in your Bible in, the, in your mind in that particular way. Yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So, it's a really simple thing that Jesus is saying, seek God first, but it's also one of the hardest things to do, would you say? Oh, totally. Because the reality is that... Um, God is patient and quiet and waits for us. And it isn't unless we carve out that time with God that we get that time with God, because otherwise our time is just flooded with all of these other things that come into the space of our lives. Look, honestly, I think spirituality and a real connection with Jesus is one of the hardest things to maintain. I can't speak on behalf of all Christians, but for me and I'm going to say for you as well, because I know mm. you pretty well, and my Christian friends, when life gets full, you're, the things that you intentionally do to connect with Jesus are the first things that you drop. Because it's almost like they seem like they're the, well, I have to feed the kids, otherwise they're going to starve. So, I'm just, I guess I won't read my Bible today, mm-hmm. I won't pray, or I won't meditate, or whatever it is, you know what I mean? They're the first things that go when life gets full. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the thing is that all of the other things in our lives are louder, are busier, are more pushy. Like you have push notifications on your phone. It can push you to go and pay attention to it. (laughs) But God doesn't have push notifications. He wants us to make the time for Him. And I guess that's really challenging because last week we talked about growing and changing in life. And I think whenever stress comes your way, whenever there's a new thing in your life, um, when, like, I'm just thinking about bringing a new baby home, the fact that we're in lockdown right now, like, whenever there's something stressful or a change, that just takes over. Yeah. And it re, it sort of scrambles you and it, it throws your priorities in, out of whack. And so, getting it back is an automatic, it doesn't just happen, but you have to intentionally do that, get God back into your life. Yeah. And I would also say, like, and because we said that we weren't going to give a list of priorities that people should have for their life and for their marriage, like, that's not the point. But I do think that you're right to say that this needs to be number one, A, because it's biblical, but B, because if we can get this priority in place, that we tune our hearts with God so that we connect with Him, that we that we value time with Him and time in Scripture, that will help to inform our ability to prioritize other things. Mm. Does that make sense? Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like that'll yeah. kind of get our heads in the right space and our hearts in the right space to make the decisions we need to make and to value the things we need to value. Yes. Um, Peter Scazzaro talks about this. He says, don't let all of the things that you're doing for God or your exterior life be bigger than your internal life with God because your internal life with God needs to sustain all of those other things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, he's saying like, don't let your outside world be bigger than your internal world with God because your internal world is actually the life force that sustains all of those things. And I'm a better mother, I'm a better wife, I'm a better pastor, I'm a better preacher 
when I have that sustaining relationship with Jesus Christ than when I am neglecting it. Yeah. Yeah. So, seek first the kingdom of God, not just because everything else will be looked after, but because um, you need it to put the other things in their right place. Yes. Um, a guy called Greg McEwen, who wrote a book called Essentialism, which isn't a Christian book, it's a business book, but he is, I think, a Mormon or some something. Oh. Yeah. He, <laughs> they have to prioritize because they've got big families. So. <laughs> he mentions Jesus in his book, which I was like, yay, he put Jesus in a, yeah. in, a, in a business book. He says, remember, if you don't prioritize your life, someone else will. Yeah. And I think that's a really succinct way of putting it is that all of the other things will just creep their way into your time, into your energy, into your resources if you don't make a priority. Yeah. And look, this is a really scary way to think of it. But imagine if there was someone who was silently auditing your life. <laughs> okay. No, it's like it's terrifying. <laughs> that is so creepy. <laughs> but, but it's, and, they, and based on what they audited and what they viewed, they would then write a report on the things that you valued depending on the amount of time you invested in each thing. Mm. Does that make sense? So, for me right now, it would probably look like I really valued laying down looking at my phone mm. because it's what I go to when I'm exhausted, when I can't do anything else and I'm tired and my back hurts and everything is just like I just, I'm done. That's what I do. And I'm probably doing that more than I should be or more than I did in the past. Mm. But I don't value it. I don't want to be doing it. I want to be playing with the kids. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah. But, but when you're not living intentionally, when you're living reactively – you values are all skew if and don't get implemented. Yeah, that kind of freaks me out when you talk about it that way. It made me feel a bit sad because I, I was thinking the other day when I was doing the dishes and the kids were, came out to talk to me and I was just like, I don't want to spend my motherhood doing dishes. Like, I don't know if the kids think that I love cleaning, but I actually don't. <laughs> yeah. But I'm always doing it in my spare time. I'm so always fitting in one more thing. <laughs> they just make so much. It just never stops. I think we- Like, we can clean and clean and clean the night after going to bed and we can clean and the house looks great. And then within like 45 minutes again the next morning, it's disgusting. <laughs> they are gross. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> It's the worst. Oh, man. It is. It's a mission to stay on top of. Like, we are definitely outnumbered with our small people. And, and it gets you down. <laughs> it, makes you, it makes you feel like, what am I doing with my life? Because Cleaning up weird sticky stuff out of the carpet. All the time. <laughs> yes. But Sorry, oh. yes, but you don't want to spend your mothering doing the dishes. Yeah, and you don't want to spend your one and only life doing things that don't actually matter. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what God has given us, our one and only life, and he wants us to spend it well. All right. Well, we're going to keep talking about this whole whole idea of prioritizing and how to get things right, (laughs) which clearly we haven't done yet. Um, We're going to keep doing that after the break. Stay with us here on Faith FM. Blood of Jesus, it is like the widow's oil. It's enough to pay the price to set you free. It can fill up every jar and every heart that ever beat. It's all you have, it's all you'll ever need When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need But of Jesus, it is like the leper's river Running humble with a power you cannot see Seven times go under, let the water wash you clean Only go down to the Jordan and believe 
cities like the widow's oil. When it's all you have, it's all you'll ever need. It is all you'll ever need. Hi there, it's Robbie from The Faith Experiment, one of the many presenters here on Faith FM. Hey, did you know that running a radio station is really expensive? Here at Faith FM, we're grateful for the enormous amount of volunteer help that we get. It really helps keep our costs down. But even with all the help of our volunteers, and with the small amount of grant funding we do receive, we still need to raise $700 a day to keep Faith FM not just on air, but growing. This is why we've started our partnering opportunity for you to get involved to help us here at Faith FM. We call it the Dollar a Day Partnership. All you have to do is visit Faith fm.com.au slash donate and join in by clicking a dollar a day and then we can continue creating new and engaging content and keep reaching Australia with the life-changing everlasting gospel. By joining the dollar a day partnership, you join our team. You'll get regular updates about what's happening around the network. You'll get exclusive listener stories and you'll even get access to members only content and deals. So thank you for partnering with us and let's reach Australia together. Visit faithfm.com.au slash donate to join the dollar a day partnership. Welcome back to Faith FM. You are listening to The Marriage Project. You are here with Bethany and Chapo, and we are talking today about the need to have priorities in your life so that you can have a successful family and successful marriage and all of that kind of stuff. And we are experts at this. (laughs) I was thinking, like, when you made that comment before the break, like, Oh, are we talking about this because we need to get schooled in how to do this? Well, it's a real conversation coming from a real place where, you know, like, like we said, we were having a discussion this morning. We had a bit of a crisis amongst ourselves, like, what is our life amounting to right now? Mm. And it's real. It's mm. a hard phase of life to be in, I think. And mm. we're doing our best to get through it. And I think there's other people who might be able to relate to this. Calls. So, well, what are, where are we going to now? We need to recognise that there are trade-offs. Yeah. So, what that means is that you can't have everything all at once. And I think, I don't know if that's something that guys think that they can do, but it's certainly a lie that I believe women have been sold. I really think that we've been sold that in the modern era, we can have family, we can have careers, we can do all of the things because yay feminism, and I am pro-women, I'm not saying down with feminism, but I'm saying that that has been a lie that we've been told that, yeah, you can you can do all of the things because the reality is, and a lot of women who are in their 30s who've spent their whole life working on their career and not their relationships are realising, hey, now I can't have a baby. Like, it is hard to do both and vice versa. Yeah. And then women on the other side of having children have an existential crisis and go, oh, my goodness, I've invested all my time in my kids and now what am I going to do with myself? So, it's both. So, the reality is that it's not like that taco ad where they say, what will we have, soft tacos or hard tacos? Hmm, why not both? I think that that's about tacos. That's about tacos, but it's not about life. Life isn't why not have both. Life is actually, there are trade-offs. When you choose one thing, you have to say no to something else because you're either going to do a really dodgy job of it not do it at all, or try and squish it into your already over full life. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and again, like I, like we said before, we're not giving you a list of priorities, but this is more coming down to the need to prioritise. You have to make a decision. Yeah. As with some big things in your life. Am I going to include this or am I going to 
rule it out. Yeah. So I can't do both. When your boss asks you, can you stay for an extra hour after work? If you say yes to that, then you're saying no to bedtime with your kids. Yeah. You're saying no to dinner with your spouse. Um, whatever the no might be, saying yes to it is saying no to something else. And that's the way to look at it. And so, and sometimes you need to say no to that thing or yes to that thing, but it's that reality that you understand that when you say yes to something, you immediately think, what am I saying no to by saying yes to this? Yeah, yeah, And exactly. look, sometimes we do have to say those things because it's like, hey, part of our job isn't just showing up for people. We truly believe that we're showing up for God, that we've, you know, we're putting ourselves in this because we want to do ministry and bless people in a way that God's called us to. So sometimes it's a hard decision to make. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But if we keep making that decision every time, <laughs> our kids are going to resent us. Yeah, exactly. So, um, and it goes and it goes the other way as well. Like so, and I think you need to recognise that if you do have children, and I know not not everybody who's listening does, but that our children are a limitation on us. They're a limitation on our resources, on our time, on our energy, on our love, on our commitment. And so, because and same as being married is a limitation as well compared to being a single person. And so you have to go, okay, well, God has blessed me with this other person in my life, but that person is also a limitation. So how do I live best around the limitation that I am binding myself to be attached to this person with? Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I think so. And it's kind of a heavy way of looking at it and a bit of a negative way of looking at it, like because you don't want to be like, well, I've got three limitations at home and then, of course, my wife. Like, <laughs> But that's the reality is that, you can't say yes to all of the things that you might have said had you not had in that many responsibilities on your plate. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, cool. Yeah. And there's always, yeah, there's always a trade-off. And I love that even Jesus said no to some things because he realized that you have one life and one human body and one ability to show up in places and sometimes you have to say no even if something else is good. And Jesus didn't even have a full life. That's yeah, it. three and a half years of ministry. Yeah. And yeah. 33 li- years of life on earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the only person who let bully him was his mum. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I love that there's a story. I think it's in um, Mark chapter one and maybe it's not chapter one. Maybe it's a little bit later in Mark. It's definitely in Mark. Jesus' disciples come looking for him after he goes up early in the morning to pray. And they say, Jesus, come on, everyone in the town's looking for you. There's more people to heal. And Jesus is like, nope, got to go do something else. And just left, even though the, the disciples, the whole town, everybody was seeking him out because they needed him. They needed him and what he could do there was good. And there were so many people who needed help and healing and the gospel in that place. And Jesus said, nope, and went somewhere else. There's um, there's a cool story. I I don't know if anyone's ever been able to verify it's from Christian history, but um, Abgar the Black, he was the king of Osrone, uh, that was outside of the Roman Empire, but it was it was not too far from Galilee, and he'd heard of Jesus, as the story goes. Mm. And he communicated with Jesus, wrote Jesus a letter, saying, hey, I'm very sick, can you come and heal me? He thought he had leprosy. Um, and Jesus wrote back, according to the to the legend, um, and basically said, no, I can't, because I'm really busy here doing what I need to do in the time that I have. But once I have left, I will make sure some of my disciples go and they will do for you what I would have done. Mm. Um, you know, some people say that uh, you can't prove it. Some people say, well, it actually sounds like it could be legitimate based on what we know about Jesus and the way that people communicated at that time. Um, but it's so cool that, again, that Jesus was like, hey, I've got something I need to do. I'll make sure you're looked after, but but I can't, um, I can't split my priority right now. Yeah, yeah. 
I really like that because Jesus had a really clear vision of what he needed to do and what he was committed to and what he was saying yes to and what he was saying no to. And I love that about Jesus because Jesus was the ultimate when it came to kindness and goodness and sacrifice and putting others before himself. And yet here he is with incredibly defined priorities and intentions, which yeah. is really cool. Totally. Um, there's, there's a saying, and I, I don't exactly know how it goes, but it's like, if it's not an absolute yes, then it's a no. And I think that that's what we need to be doing in our lives as well, because we get so many offers to do things. We get so many requests to do things, whether it's going to somebody's birthday party, whether it's helping your mum mow the lawn, whether it's taking the kids to a soccer game, whether it's um, doing an extra meeting on a Sunday morning for work, whatever it is, there's so many things that we get asked to do. And if it's not automatically like, yes, I really want to do that, then maybe we need to trust our guts and go, no, and be kind and just say, no, that's not something that I can do. And that's okay to do that as well. Let's be real because, like, we know people who are comfortable letting people down and saying no all the time and they've mm. got very firm boundaries. And I've often looked at them and just, gee, I wish I could be like that. <laughs> um, whereas I've got this really nagging sense of should. Yes. I really should do that. Oh, I can't say no to that. It's going to disappoint them. It's like, and begrudgingly do things even though I don't want to do them. Yeah. And that's because human beings are relational creatures. Like, we recognise that... If we say no to something or if we upset somebody, it could cost us relationally. And the last thing we want to do is disappoint someone or have someone mad at us or not be in a relationship with a person that we want to have in our lives. And so sometimes it can be really hard for us to put our own boundaries in place. But it's really important to do, even if it's difficult to do sometimes, because we actually can't just do everything and that's okay. And if we try to do things, like if we're like, at three o'clock, I'm going to pick up the kids from school. Then at four o'clock, I'm going to soccer. Five o'clock, I should be able to make it to mum's for dinner. And then six, I've got to go to the birthday party after that. But I should be in time for the cake if we leave just at 5.30. Like, that's an insane way to live your life. Yeah. But I've also tried to do it. Yeah, same. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And in the meantime, you're also trying to reply to the emails that come through to your phone and, and the phone calls and the Facebook inboxes and all of that kind of stuff. You get home and you sit down on the couch and you realise, oh, my goodness, we've got to take cupcakes for school tomorrow because it's bake sale yeah. day. <laughs> yeah. Or it's, uh, or it's book week and we haven't got a costume for our kids yet. And, oh, man. Yes, exactly. Oh. <laughs> Is this just like an episode of Lament? Yeah, like- we should change the title to the Lamentations of Bethany and Chapo 2021. <laughs> well, look, it's, we need to take another break. Um, we're going to try to bring it back after the break with, with a bit more pep in our step. How about that? Uh, you're listening to Faith FM. Sweetest days of childhood, playing in the deep woods, stomping through the creek and feeling oh so much alive. Camping in the forest, we join the cricket chorus and hum our songs of gratitude around a crackling fire. And out here in the stillness, I found my house of worship with column trees and canopy of stars. Here in my cathedral. Beneath the blue skies I ran down to be baptized I felt the river wash me clean Dried beneath the sun To this day believing When wide awake or dreaming 
I scan the ancient sky and understand where I belong Cause out here in the stillness I find my house of worship With column trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral This is where I find my soul Out where holy men of old first knelt in soul And thanked you for the rain Wrote the psalms that fill the air Herald angels sang their prayer Out beneath your darling constellations So let me often wander In robin song and thunder Surrounding me with stained glass leaves That change with every breeze And out here in the stillness I'll find my house of worship With column trees and canopy of stars Here in my cathedral Welcome back to Faith FM. You're listening to The Marriage Project with Bethany and Chapo, where we started out talking about priorities and then we started lamenting the difficulty of life. But if you're still with us, I'm so glad that you're here because I think some of the challenges that we face as a couple is the some of the challenges that the world faces in general in life. Yeah, surely it's not just us, right? <laughs> I don't know. Let's maybe. turn this ship around and <laughs> let's right. uh, let's let's bring some joy. What are, what do you got? So we talked about how having boundaries is really important about how Jesus said no. But the other side of that is that we should also not be selfish. And so we've got to find the tension in in that, the balance in that. So Philippians chapter two and verse four says, "Let each of you look not only at his own interests, but also at the interests of others." And you look at Jesus and the way that he led; he served. When you look at the disciples and they said, "Jesus, who's going to be first? Who's going to be the best one on your team?" He said, "The first is going to be last, and the last shall be first." And when Jesus told a parable of people who showed up for work, everybody got the say, paid the same, even though some of them showed up last minute. And and some of them showed up early and did a full day's worth of work. The kingdom of God is not fair, and the kingdom of God isn't always about me. It's about serving others and being generous towards others and having grace towards others. So that's a really important part of your life as a believing person. Yeah, and I, I think to, to put it in the right perspective, though, it's embodying in your life and your marriage that desire to to care for other people, mm. not necessarily to the same extent to which Jesus did mm. because Jesus knew that he had a short-term ministry, didn't have to last a whole life. He didn't have a wife and children to also factor into caring to and ministering to and, you know, um, blessing in his own lifetime. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, it's about in trying to make sure that that desire to serve others is built in but recognising that it's going to have different limitations. Yeah. But I, I, I don't know. I want to like – challenge that idea because okay, let's I, go. I really, really believe that we are living in a world that more and more is telling us to listen to our intuitive selves and to do our own thing and to do what is right by us and to abandon the people that don't do right by us and to, to walk away from I, toxicity, yeah. toxicity and negative people and narcissists and, and you embrace know, embrace your truth, embrace your true self. And, and this, Making ourselves the most important thing 
is not the way that Jesus looks at the world and not the way that a believer should be looking at the world as well. Yes, it's important to have self-care. Yes, it's important to have boundaries. Yes, it's important to recognize that you can't do all of the things, but at the same time, we are believers in Jesus Christ and we are following after Jesus Christ. And what that means is that our heart and our homes and our lives are big enough to include others because people matter and they matter to Jesus and they should matter to us also. I think being real then is it's a bit of a tightrope walk. It is. To get yeah. it right. Yeah, to absolutely. Because I'm a big believer in self-care. Yeah. I'm a big believer in, um, you know, not letting toxic people dominate your life and um, but also want to have eyes for people and have a desire for people to experience Jesus in, through his ability to use me. So, I, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, there, yeah. Well, that's the thing is that there, there are genuine patterns of behaviour that are people trying to emotionally dump all of their stuff on you or people trying to ask for help constantly but never doing anything for themselves. And then there's also people who are just love talking about or attracting drama into their lives. But then there's also people who genuinely need help and you have to discern that. And I think that's challenging too. Yeah, true. Because, because like one of my biggest fears is the terrible track record that ministers have throughout history of retaining their children as disciples of Jesus. Mm, mm. Like that's, you know, that's what I'm terrified of is that I will minister in such a way that my own kids don't want to have anything to do with the church or with God mm. because they got sick of their dad never being present. Yeah. That's a real fear. Yeah. So, how do you balance those two things? Like, are you asking me specifically? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm your wife, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I, I don't know the answer to that. I once heard... um um, Brian and Bobby Houston's daughter say, I grew up in this building. I grew up with these people. I grew up falling asleep on, on a Friday night at band practice up the back underneath the sound desk. And this is the place that I have called home. And these are the people that I have called my people ever since I was a little girl. And I just thought that's my prayer over my children, that they will see that in this community, in this place of God, that they have a home, that they belong and that they grow up in the kingdom of God, and it belongs to them. Yeah. That's sort of, I thought that was just a really beautiful way yeah, of thinking about is, it, rather is, than the rebellious way that a lot of people think about pastors' kids. I thought it was really lovely. Yeah, I, look, I really do. So, I've just been praying that that would be their story also. <laughs> because, it, the, but the sad truth is that's not the majority. Mm. That's the minority yes. of, of cases, unfortunately. Mm. And I think that's the tightrope that you walk, is that where do you lean in? Where do you focus? Where do you put your attention and your connection? And, you know, you, and I think the reality is, especially with kids, is that there's, and maybe even your marriage too, that quality time isn't a thing. Actual time is a thing. And sometimes we go, we try to cram all of the quality into five minutes, but really what we need to do is spend the afternoon together. What yeah. we really need to do is actually take the time. Because T-I-M-E spells loved kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I get it. Like, like it does sound beautiful and poetic to think of little baby Houston up the back of the church falling asleep <laughs> on the pew or whatever, listening to, you know, great music or something like that. <laughs> but it's not the same when dad's sitting out in a stinky, moldy office, you know, that's supposed to be a garage <laughs> on another Zoom meeting for the fourth night in a row. Yeah. You, do you know what I mean? Like, like. Because ministry isn't always band practices and church It's not lunches. always magical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So, the next – can I move on to the next thing? Because yeah, yeah. I feel like we didn't even have the answer for that. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, pray for us. 
Um, the next thing that we need to think about when it comes to priorities is what are your values? And, and like I just talked about a minute ago is that we need to make Jesus' values also our values and not just be all about ourselves and okay. be all about that modern Instagram life. Um, I've got a beautiful quote from the book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. Which Can is I a book that we are you? loving on at the moment. Yes, please. Yes. I, yeah, if you have not read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer, get a copy. It's really easy to listen to on audiobook. I do most of my audiobooks while I'm doing my chores um, because life is mentor. Um, but some are easy to listen to and some are difficult and it's an easy listen. So he says, our time is our life and our attention is the doorway to our hearts because what you give your attention to is the person you become. Put another way, the mind is the portal to the soul and what you fill your mind with will shape the trajectory of your character. In the end, your life is no more than the sum of what you gave your attention to. Kind of heavy and morbid. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> but also um. kind of true. Like, every we are the sum of the things that we do every day. We are the sum of the things that we give our attention to, that we invest our time, our resources, our energy into. So, is it the little bit of electricity and metal that you plastic that you hold in your hand or is it your spouse who's right in front of you like yeah yeah or do you do both do you sit on the tv and go on your phone next to your spouse and not actually pay attention to them like every day (laughs) confessions (laughs) (laughs) um where are you spending your intention um and scripture talks about that as well in luke chapter 12 and verse 34 it says wherever your treasure is there your heart will be also and i think that's a say like it's talking about money but i think it goes with our resources our time and the things that we invest in generally as well as our money would you agree yeah yeah i I totally do yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you've got to figure out, well, what are your values? What are the things that I actually think are important? And I can't tell you what your values are. Values are. You have to figure them out yourself. But certainly prioritize God in your life. Prioritize godly character in your life and the way that you treat other people. But more than that, then prioritize, well, am I... Am I on this earth just to slog my guts out to make money? Or am I on this earth to make a difference? Or am I on this earth to love the very best that I can? What's the, what am I valuing? Well, what am I doing? Yeah. Here? And in the context of this radio show, like our marriage has to come into this. Like, for sure. Like, the, why'd you get married otherwise? Well, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> one of the things that I often say when I do a sermon for someone is that, you know, like, talk about the idea that marriage is your number one priority. Like this, like in a world of priorities, whatever was important to you before, other than God and your connection to God, now is second. Yeah. Because you are making a covenant to God that this is the thing that you will preserve above all other things. This is your number one. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love when you go back to Genesis and it talks about Adam and Eve, like the first thing that there was between a man and a woman was marriage. And then after that, Later on came work. Later on came children. First it was Adam and God, then it was Eve and God, and then they were together, and then all the other things came after that. And I think that that's what it needs to be as well. It needs to be you and God, your spouse and God, the two of you together, and then adding all the things after that. Yeah. Yeah. And coming back to values and stuff and that whole idea of like, examining your own life. That's another biblical idea. Paul said to examine yourself, to test whether you're in the faith. Like mm-hmm, often we're called mm-hmm. to to take stock, to look at the way that we are living and 
are we living in accordance with our values? If, if having a thriving marriage and really loving our spouse well is something that we value, is our actions and behavior showing that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. Oh, <laughs> I was going to say something and then I just got so caught up on what you were saying. Because it was so beautiful. It was. I was like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe after a break, you'll be able to think about what that thing was. How about that? Sure. Right, stick with us. Uh, you're listening to Faith FM. Want to hear more of your favorite presenters? Download the free Faith FM app for Apple and Android and stream hundreds of podcasts whenever you like. Hey there, compadres. This is Robbie Morgan. And if you'd like to have a more vibrant walk with God, then join me each week on Thursday afternoons for Real Faith. We'll be digging deep into the scriptures and having some fun with our weekly interactive discussions. I'd love you to be there, so make sure to tune in. Check Faith FM program for showtimes, 3.30 p.m. Australian Eastern Standard Time. Terms and conditions apply. And we're back. Thank you for being with us this afternoon. You were listening to Faith FM. You were Chapo and Bethany on The Marriage Project, and we'll be talking about priorities. We have, and I still can't remember the thing that I thought I was going to remember when we talked about it before the break, but that's okay. So we've talked about priorities. We've talked about the challenge and the tension of just trying to figure out what's important in everyday life and juggling all of the things. And we've talked about the reality that our number one priority always needs to be God and that we have to be intentional about that because otherwise – Whenever life throws something stressful our way, it will shift and yep. the, and that will go down the list of priorities in Spiritual our life. Spiritual health and physical health, I always think, of the, like at least for me, they're the first two things that get no attention when life gets full. Yeah. And also, we, we as humans think that we can live without sleep, but we're the only species on the earth that thinks that we need to give up our sleep. <laughs> All the rest of the creatures do sleep. And we're like, yeah, but I could do this one other thing. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, physical health for sure. Um, we need to recognize that there are trade-offs, that if we choose to watch one more episode of Netflix, we are choosing one less hour of sleep. If we choose to stay back for immediate sound, work. One more episode of Netflix. Of the Netflix? <laughs> How old are you, man? <laughs> what do you say? And You don't say an episode of Netflix? On Netflix, maybe. Netflix is a show. Like. <laughs> There are many programs on Netflix. <laughs> I was making a speech. Okay. You were on my speech. <laughs> That's all right. Um, yeah, there's trade-offs. If you choose the one, you can't have the other. It's not like tacos. It's real life. You cannot have both. And um, society, I think, has sold us a lie that we can have all of the things when the reality is that even Jesus said no sometimes, and we need to follow that model. Yeah, and also that as believers, we – really should have a different set of priorities than people who aren't. Agreed. Yeah, and that's one of the things you brought up. Like, there's a whole current trend to lean into your own truth and your own whatever it is and stuff at the moment, whereas as someone who prioritizes their love for Jesus, that's going to have an impact on your values. Mm -hmm. A really good book that I read about that is called Boundaries, and one of the guys who wrote its last name is Cloud, but the rest I can't remember. It's got a picture of a pencil on the front. And um, that's really good at helping you figure out, well, as a believer, how do I look after my mental health, my physical health, my own needs, as well as giving generously to others. And I think that's a really great book to read if you're struggling with that, because I struggle <laughs> in my daily life. Um, what are your values? What are the things that are important to you? 
figure that out and then go from there rather than letting your life just fill up with stuff because there'll always be one more request, one more thing that demands your attention in life. Yeah. Yeah. And the last thing that I want to say is that time is limited, that our resources are limited, that our money is limited, and that our energy is limited. We started out with a quote about how we want to have all three things, time, energy, and money, but we never have them all at the same time in different stages of life. But I think that that's okay because that's how life is and that we just need to acknowledge that and do our best with what we do have and go, okay, well, if money is limited, then what am I going to spend it on? What's the wise thing to spend it on? If time is limited, what's the wise thing to spend it on? If my resources and my energy is limited, what's the wise thing to spend it on? And I think that that's what God asks of us as well. I've got another scripture verse for you. Okay. But I have to look it up. It's in Psalm chapter 19, verse 12. I was like, do you want to say something cool while I find it? (laughs) Say a cool thing, chap. You put me on the spot here. Yeah. And I can't think of any cool things to say. So, You're a cool guy. Thank you. But yeah. how about you just find that verse there, dear? <laughs> okay. Psalm chapter 90 and verse 2. It says, Before the mountains were brought forth, or you had ever formed the earth and the world from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. That's not what I was thinking no, of I think at you all. Meant 12, mate. I do mean 12. <laughs> don't I? I read two. You I read two. two. Have mercy. Okay, so this is actually what I meant to say. Psalm 90, verse 12. So, teach us to number our days that we might get a heart of wisdom. Okay, that's better. <laughs> that other one, I don't know what that relates to, but it's not I was this. Like, what? <laughs> so, the, the scripture tells us that we need to recognize that our days on earth are numbered and teach us to value them and to actually go, okay, it's limited. I don't have that many of them. What am I going to do with them? How can I best spend them? Yep. Yeah. And on that note, we are going to leave you this afternoon. So once again, we're glad that you've been able to be with us for this time. And we look forward to being with you again next week. See you later.